This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman as well. The supply chain headaches should be reduced in the season ahead. CHS Executive Vice President of Country Operations, Rick Dusick, does not expect significant problems in securing crop protection products. I think they're going to be significantly reduced. It feels like supply will be pretty good. Not to say there won't be you know, a substitution or two here and there, but it, it feels like things have eased to, to some degree and and uh, a lot of the, you know, transportation and freight situations have improved from, you know, to and from Asia. So I think we're going to be in much better shape this year. six lessons have been learned from the recent supply chain issues. You know, I think the industry's done a really good job to prepare. I think farmers are thinking, thinking about this stuff a little further out than maybe they have in the past, just with the challenges we've had in the last couple of years. You know, profitability on the farm is still, you know, pretty good. If you if you had a crop, things are things are pretty good. There's some areas that have drought, obviously, uh, and I think I think there, there's an opportunity for for the producer and the industry to do to do reasonably well. The United States Agency for International Development is partnering with three private sector organizations to expand infrastructure in Ukraine's agricultural sector. The deal with the Grain Alliance will increase export volumes by more than a half a million tons each year. The large Ukrainian sunflower producer and exporter is working with USAID to expand business on the Danube River. The U.S. is also partnering with Nibulon to expand shipping on 13 different river ports. This investment with the three Ukrainian firms totals $44 million. Corn acres are expected to increase this year across the region. Bolt Marketing Market Analyst Dwayne Bossy is not confident all those acres will get planted, though. I know on my farm, we budget for all of our acres to get planted, and we're budgeting heavy corn acres this year. Uh, I was blowing a lot of snow yesterday, and, and I don't know if I'm going to get all those acres planted. In fact, I'm actually anticipating a little bit higher prevent plant again in our area. Now, it's very early so hopefully that doesn't happen. But right now there's a lot of snow and a, and a cold January or March forecast, so I'm a little bit nervous. The commitment of Traders Report has not been available in the past month. That's a frustration for Bossy and other traders. That's the one thing in the 20-plus years I've done this that hasn't changed technology-wise. You know, on Friday afternoon we get a report that says where the funds were as of Tuesday night. Now, I understood back when we had pits and open outcry, you know, there's probably a lot of sheets of paper and people to calculate that. Nowadays, that should be almost instant. But, you know, there were some cybersecurity attacks, so now we're behind on the commitment traders for. Honestly, it's one of the most favorite reports for me to look at Friday afternoon because Whatever I think about the markets is great. <laughs> that's my opinion. But what the funds do, that's going to move the market with their volume. So it's a very important report for me, and I'm disappointed we aren't having the updated numbers. The North Dakota Senate Agriculture Committee delivered a do-pass recommendation for a bill to streamline the process for licensing anhydrous ammonia facilities. According to State Pesticide and Fertilizer Division Director Eric Delzer, the county must approve a license for every transaction. That would include a simple transfer of ownership for a grandfathered facility. Now, most counties have been very good to work with and provide a, a quick turnaround. However, other counties have not been so responsive. We've had certain instances where it's taken over eight months to get 
a simple approval. And currently we have an application that was submitted 15 months ago. And despite many attempts to engage with the county, we are still awaiting a response. The bill also calls for a reasonable timeline for a new zoning review. The Minnesota House Ag Committee is considering an addition to the state Ag Department staff. That individual will act as a liaison between the department and small meat packers. Representative Nathan Nelson is sponsoring that bill. We're starting a new business model uh, or transitioning, um, really having somebody to help them through the process, making sure that the the proper permits and inspections and safety plans are all in place are, are crucially important because one missed plan and uh, or one misstep uh, really creates a uh, starting over from the beginning sometimes and, and we want to make sure that uh, this proceed process uh, is walked through correctly and carefully and uh, can help uh, not be a burden to uh, new businesses starting out or transitioning. That bill was laid over and may eventually be part of an omnibus ag bill. This is the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. An analysis by the World Organization for Animal Health has confirmed an atypical case of BSE was found in Brazil. China suspended Brazilian beef trade immediately. The Brazilian Agriculture Ministry is now taking steps to lift those restrictions. Crop insurance election deadlines are approaching in mid-March. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. High commodity and input prices means there's more risk to consider when making crop insurance selections. Watson Associates economist Kyle Jory says right now it's very important to protect those historical high prices. Right now we have fantastically high prices, I mean historically speaking. This is really the perfect opportunity to capture a lot of that price risk. Crop insurance is a product that is federally subsidized and it's offered to producers in a way that is very easy to engage with. You don't need to open a brokerage account, you can work with a local crop insurance agent and you can protect a lot of these high prices. ECO, SCO are area-based plans which, you know, even if your county doesn't trigger a yield, those prices are probably going to give you a lot of protection at higher coverage levels. And we're also seeing a lot of farmers interested in expanding their coverage into higher coverage levels, capture a lot of that high price, regardless of whether or not they end up having a yield loss. Lower coverage options may not trigger a payment with current base prices. Jory says his suggestion is to consider PLC with the SCO option. It doesn't look like really either ARC or PLC are necessarily going to be paying out this year. However, we do have this product which was brought forward in the 2014 Farm Bill called SCO. Uh, SCO can purchase it only if you elect PLC. So generally speaking, when I've been talking with producers, I've been saying, you know, regardless of ARC versus PLC, if you think about PLC plus SCO, because SCO is capturing these high prices and giving us that protection, that's probably where we want to be looking at investing our dollars at this point. You do have to pay for SCO. That's the big difference. With ARC, it's free. That's why there's a lot of interest in that. But the reference price is so low that maybe this SCO is the thing to look at. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. The latest drought monitor shows improvement in drought areas. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says for the first time in two years, more than 40% of the U.S. is out of drought. We are seeing below 40% 
continental United States drought coverage for the first time since the week of September 22nd, 2020. That means that we have broken a record-setting streak of U.S. drought coverage greater than 40% that lasted 126 weeks, well over two years. All of the stormy weather that we've been seeing starting back in November and lasting all through the winter and now into the early spring, finally having a notable effect on U.S. drought coverage. However, Rippy says we are not out of the woods yet. We still have some significant drought lasting and persisting in parts of the Great Plains. We still see more than half of Kansas, 52.4%, covered by extreme or exceptional drought. That's the highest number in the nation. That is followed by Nebraska, just over 40% extreme to exceptional drought coverage at the end of February, and Oklahoma at 36.6% in D3 to D4. There are risks to the commodity market around the world, ranging from a drought in Argentina to political tensions between China and Taiwan. CHS president and CEO Jay Deberton believes agriculture needs to be engaged in world affairs. The answer for me is not, well, just don't do business because the world is complicated. The, the answer, I think, is understand your risk judge your risk, uh, keep your investments where you can handle it if things um, get get upset in ways you don't see, but you need to participate. Um, it's it, The commodities that we work with, uh, for us to have value to the people that own us uh, and be relevant to cust customers around the world require us to be there 12 months of the year, and to be there 12 months of the year means we have to be a global player. Deberton spoke at the CHS Ag Services annual meeting yesterday in Grand Forks. South Dakota Senator John Thune calling on the Biden administration to initiate a trade agreement with the United Kingdom. In addition to opening new markets for U.S. agriculture, Thune said this effort would strengthen the economic relationship and strategic relationship with the U.K. Fargo-based Bushel has launched the next generation of farm software. Bushel Farm builds on the farm log system and allows farmers to automatically track their grain sales. In the first phase, grain activity between the farmer and the elevator can be fully integrated. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Burndown applications can eliminate competition in fields. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. Early season weed control can help set farmers up for a successful growing season. BASF Technical Service Representative Dan Mellis says putting together a timeline for burndown application can help farmers eliminate weeds. As you're watching your fields during planting, a lot of, a lot of the burndown products like Zidua Pro, that's a product that's going to go out before you plant. So taking a look, seeing what's coming, it also has not, or it has burn down activity so it's going to burn down the weeds that are emerged but it's also going to give you that residual control to uh, help control some weeds that are still coming as we move into the season so really paying attention to what uh, weed species you got out there paying attention to what happened this past summer and what kind of weed species you have there is also a good thing to pay attention to to know what we look probably have coming this year and preventing weeds early on can help boost plant growth from the get-go the biggest thing with a burn down is you're getting any of the weeds that have emerged or are starting to emerge early on in the season. It controls those and uh, helps get that soybean plant up and going. Um, we have a couple different products that work well in these early uh, burn down type pro or activities. Sidra Pro has three modes of action that really does a good job 
of both knocking down emerged weeds along with giving you residual control. And we also have products like Sharpen that are going to knock down weed pressure that's there, plus give you a little bit of residual control so you can do uh, in-season application on your soybeans. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending February 23rd shows combined old and new crop corn sales down 29% from the previous week at 598,000 metric ton. That's also 51% less than the four-week average. Soybean export sales are at a marketing year low of 361,000 metric ton. There were no new crop sales. That's down 14% from the previous week down 32% from the four-week average. And net wheat sales of 301,000 metric tons, 28% less than the previous week, but 24% more than the four-week average. In the markets, Minneapolis wheat, one and a half higher for May, 877 and three quarters. Chicago wheat for May, a gain of three quarters of a cent. And KC wheat, May, three and a half higher. The May corn contract down a half penny as we speak, 633 and a quarter. New crop, two and a quarter lower. Soybeans May, four and three quarter higher, 1514 the quote. New crop soybeans, just a fraction to the plus side, up by three quarters of a cent. On the farm calendar, the National Farmers Union Convention is getting underway this weekend. That's taking place in San Francisco. Also this weekend, the Minnesota FFA Alumni and Supporters Annual Conference. That's going on starting today at Central Lakes, at Central Lakes College in Staples, Minnesota. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.